0: hi everybody welcome to everyone talks to Liz you know what New Yorkers love sugar particularly on donuts and when you talk about donuts in New York forget about it the best of the best the competitiveness is outrageous I mean ranging from names like Peter Pan to Super moon to honey pig there are so many artisanal donut shops in the five boroughs of New York City that New Yorkers have long given up even trying to count them that is only makes Black Label Donuts more alluring. It's a moving target. What am I talking about here? Like raves in the 90s where you only found out the location an hour before the party, and even then only by showing up on a street corner where you were handed the password and address. Black Label Donuts is pop-up only, no permanent location. And the only way to find out where and when you can get your hands and taste buds on these otherworldly donuts is by waiting and checking on Richard Eng's Instagram account. How did Richard Eng, a kid from Bayside, Queens, start off thinking he wanted to go to medical school but end up becoming the rock star of the high-end donut world and what happened along the way that almost ended not just his business but his life? We welcome Richard Eng, founder and CDD of Black Label Donuts, and you better have brought donuts.
1: I I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) Come on, Liz. Thanks for having me.
0: What does CDD stand for?
1: So it's a moniker that I kind of chose. I kind of it just came out of the blue. It was something funny, uh, tongue in cheek. So CDD just stands for Chief Donut Designer. I'm not just CEO. I'm also the CDD, (laughs) Chief Donut Designer.
0: Well, of course, in New York and in any business world, it's the C-suite. I'm CIO. I'm CFO. I'm CEO. So he's CDD, Chief Donut Designer. So our listeners right now, I, I know them well enough to know that they're saying, come on, Liz, how special can these things be? I mean, we've heard of every donut flavor out there. No, no, no. I am here to tell you guys you have never heard of these name some of your most popular flavors richard
1: i you know obviously for someone who's always proud of having everything be signature because i'm always looking to kind of it's not so much for the shock and awe effect and sometimes it is sometimes i'll smoke a donut um not <laughs> not like that not not what you're thinking but um maybe in the future i mean it seems like everyone's trending on something or another but um You know, I'm always playing with combinations, and and it's not so much the combination of flavors, but it's a permutation. You might see, you know, something that's A, B, C one day, then I'll actually reverse it. I'll flip it, and and then the topping becomes a garnish, becomes a glaze, and it's C, A, B, or C, B, A. So there's a lot of different arrangements that I'm making um, with past flavor combinations, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you never know what you're going to get is what I'm saying.
0: Well, here's one. Winter Citrus Kumquat Glazed.
1: So that's become a huge, huge uh, signature favorite. Um, And I wish uh, I could provide it all year long. I mean, winter citrus is, you know, what it is. It's citrus in winter. And kumquats are very, very, um, very close to my uh, background, being Chinese American, kumquats being an Asian fruit. Um, You know, there's so many beautiful citrus out from Asia that a lot of people don't know about. And I'm really proud to be able to kind of showcase and highlight these flavors for people.
0: Well, matcha creme brulee
1: matcha. Yeah. um, You know, matcha has been trending for quite some time. Uh, I think the matcha creme brulee is something that's never, ever going to leave the menu only because it's it's gotten to the point where people show up and they're asking it, you know, on site, on demand. You know, I have to make three times the amount these days.
0: (laughs) Speaking of showing up on site, on demand, you do pop-ups. Where was your most recent pop-up and when?
1: So I had the good fortune of befriending um, the the operators of Kings Co. Imperial. Uh, So the last two pop-ups I had were staged in Williamsburg first time, and then I was in the Lower East Side uh, of uh, Lower Manhattan. So yeah, we we had some good turnouts. Unfortunately, the marathon was a little difficult to get through that weekend, but the Lower East Side was was a fun time.
0: On a regular weekend, when you do one often in Queens, how long are the lines?
1: You know, a peak peak time, it's, it's funny. The last time that it was uh, warm enough that people could actually bring their lawn chairs and beach chairs, they camped out. I mean, some of these people are so fanatical about trying to beat the whole line that they get there half an hour to an hour before the door opens. And so, but during the actual peak moment of the line, we're talking about sometimes people are waiting up to an hour and... And it's it's insane. I'm humbled. I'm flattered beyond belief. This
0: is like people waiting in line for a Beyonce concert ticket uh, or something.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I, you're going to call me a rock star now of donuts? Well, I, Maybe. I don't know. I'll take it.
0: How many did you make on that particular weekend when there were all these lines and people waiting in lawn chairs? And then how quickly do they sell out?
1: You know, I, I've been blessed so many times to, you know, to see so many regulars, you know, and having um, been in Queens for quite some time now. You know, there are moments when I'm really, sh- like, really surprised. I, I'm floored. I'm flabbergasted. When I've got, you know, this one family that comes out from Pleasantville. They drive over 40, 50 miles just to see me from Westchester. I I had a few, you know, devoted, huge uh, donut fans that came out from Staten Island in New Jersey. It's unbelievable that these people are willing to go these distances just yeah, for donuts. Yeah, it's a
0: schlep, everyone. Trust yes, me. If you are coming from Staten Island and the traffic, yeah. don't even ask. Um, I want to revert to your childhood you originally wanted to be a doctor and you were studying biology. How did this hard left turn to get into creating donuts really happen?
1: You know, I, I coming from Queens, I always felt, even in Long Island, I feel like that there's there's some kind of a really, really long transitory um, period for anything good, you know, to trickle out of Manhattan to to get into Queens and then to get into Long Island, it takes forever. And, and, you know, I, I always felt that Queens, we were lacking in good donuts and good bread and, and people forget that donuts are bread. And so I wanted to kind of get back to just, you know, a solid bread, um, bread foundation, bread making, um, um, technique. And I wanted to show people how good a donut could be using brioche dough. And, and this is what I'm known for now, filled brioche donuts. I do the occasional cake too.
0: Well, true chefs, I guess, do require a knowledge of chemistry. I mean, uh, you have to know how chemical reactions work to make a great port wine reduction, right? I mean, you have to understand how yeast uh, reacts, and, and I've heard your donuts described as soft clouds of brioche dough that is Cold fermented, I don't even know what that means.
1: Uh, uh, So it's a baker's trick where we're adding, you know, baking science, we're adding more glutamates. Um, So it's scientifically proven when you're cold fermenting, when you're allowing something to slowly ferment under cold, uh, you know, refrigerated conditions, you're building the levels of glutamates and and things get more yeasty, they're more flavorful. If I didn't age my Mm -hmm. doughnuts, the dough that is, there wouldn't be any taste
0: How much experimentation did it take before you got the dough right?
1: Jeez, uh, I spent a whole winter. um, (laughs) I literally spent months. All I did was I got up and then I, I ate, I breathed, I dreamt, I slept donuts. That's all I did. I went through so many renditions of brioche, cake recipes, potato, uh, you know, potato donuts. I've eaten, I, you know, I mastered a pumpkin brioche and, and then eventually I even played with mochi and hybrid mochi donuts, which are kind of on the back burner for now.
0: Rice. Is mochi yeah, rice? Yeah. yeah. Sticky rice. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but everything's made from scratch, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm really proud that I'm using more modernist techniques. I'm I'm drawing a little bit from my, you know, my scientific background and able, you know, able to, to make, you know, things that are that might take a long time or, you know, might, might take more skill, but I'm using, you know, some high-tech equipment. I'm using more modern techniques and equipment to, to be able to elevate some of the ingredients and things that I'm making between custards, jams, jellies, marmalades.
0: It really yeah. makes sense that you had a science background, uh, the CEO and the founder of Impossible Foods, a so biochemistry major he taught at stanford biochemistry and he just kept thinking there's a better way it's almost seems like you were obsessed with this i've got to make donuts so what are your parents saying at this point
1: <laughs> um mom i want to apologize to you for failing you again <laughs> so uh basically you know she was so gung-ho and dead said i'd be going to you know medical school you know after finishing a pre-med bio major um Thank God, my little sister became the you know the doctor of the family. You know, am I still the black sheep? Kind of, you know. <laughs> pressure's I like to, off. Yeah. I like to think that some of that pressure has gone now.
0: Reach back to your your very first day where you said, "I'm ready now to try and sell these creations." Uh, where did you set up shop? how How did that day come about?
1: So, um, my former assistant. Uh, he was waiting for me the very first pop up at a place, and I you know i 'm really really indebted to Cafe de cupping on Northern Boulevard in Murray Hill. Uh, I befriended the manager there he agreed that let 's stage a pop up and see what happens um, and that was my very first time many moons ago.
0: What flavors did you put out there?
1: I only had a handful of flavors. I was basically doing everything you know I was a one man show one man operation. It was really tough to get up extra early to be able to pull off what I could do at the time, but I did um Showcased the kumquat glazed. I showcased the calamansi buttermilk lime, the matcha creme brulee, and I'm trying to remember what the fourth one was, but it's not coming to me. But the craziest thing was I could not open the door because 30 people were waiting behind the store for me, and I couldn't. Eat, I could barely squeeze in with all the donut boxes at the time but, in the but morning. Y-
0: you didn't have a website. How did you get the word out?
1: you know to be honest it's 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 a really strange thing we had posters up in the cafe and the next thing you know uh you know it just exploded you know everyone word of mouth it just got around so fast
0: right so suddenly word is is not just spreading it's like a tsunami among foodies and and fans of artisanal baked goods people waiting in line what in the rain the snow yeah. boiling hot sun
1: yeah it's 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 so flattering to see families with their kids on strollers all bundled up know when there's no place inside the venue itself they're forced to wait on line outside we're lucky if we have an awning when when there's inclement weather and so
0: when you sell out are people so disappointed
1: yeah i mean i've i can see the the pain looks of (laughs) uh, on their faces it's it's crazy that you know they they come all the you know these different uh uh you know times of of the year when it's nice and when it's not so nice they they still come out because they they want these things
0: i found you through social media and it's a very circuitous route I have a friend named Peggy. I follow her uber-hip daughter, Rachel, uh, because she's way cooler than I am. She's one of these Brooklynites. I don't know about that, but... (laughs) Thank you. How sweet. (laughs) Rachel's Cooler. And one day I was reading and she was all excited. She said, this enigma of a donut maker finally showed up in Williamsburg and I got one. And she had tagged you at Black Label Donuts. And I started looking at it thinking I've got to go find this guy because I really like donuts. And then I saw your story and I thought I've got to get him on Everyone Talks to Liz. Because our whole shtick here. You can't get on this podcast unless you have succeeded at reaching for a dream or a business and creating it, but going through some really difficult challenges too because I want our listeners to always say, wait a minute, if he or she could do it, what's my excuse? So I'm getting to that point. But um, I want to get to a few more of these flavors. Tell me about the banana tahini milk jam donut. Uh, How did you come up with that?
1: Um, a little little shout out goes to, uh, you know, chefs Lenny Messina and Michael Janora at Lola and Great Neck. Uh, you know, they do a lot of great flavors, you know, between um, all the Mediterranean types of cuisine that they do between Israeli, uh, Lebanese, you know, they, they do a lot of great, uh, you know, uh, modern takes on ethnic flavors and I was able to source the best tahini I could possibly find from them. Uh, I, Don't know if I'm allowed to actually reveal that source, but it's from Jerusalem. And so I thought, thought, you know, to blend this into something that I've never done before. And it, it, I mean, it was a one-off and, and, you know, sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't. For the most part, I'm lucky that they do.
0: What was the reaction when you rolled out the orange miso pecan sticky bun?
1: Um... You know, it seemed like the cast of the Today Show were huge, huge fans. It's funny. I'm not going to mention <laughs> who kept picking on the donuts that were out in front of us on the table during the taping.
0: Picking off the pecans.
1: They they kept, yeah. They just kept ripping pieces off, and they just <laughs> were talking, and they just kept eating, and I was just just grinning ear to ear. I was really happy about that. But you know, I I like to tout it as like the best you know sticky bun you're ever going to find. I always feel that, you know, you don't have to have huge, huge. Um, you know, seismic shifts, you know, when you're improving things, I think if you fine tune the little finer details and in, in, in the services or products, I think you can always make something far more better than anything could have expected from it.
0: Let me tell our viewers once again, there are, would you say thousands of donut shops in the five boroughs? It's,
1: it's, the list is pretty it's, it's competitive. Very long. It's very high.
0: Okay. So here's a guy, Richard Eng, who doesn't even have a storefront. And then he hits pay dirt. April of this year, twenty nineteen, black label donuts gets named Absolute Best Donut in New York in New York magazine's widely read Grub Street column, which puts you at number six out of hundreds they taste tested. When you got on that list and you found out, what was your first thought?
1: You know, I I was, you know, in utter disbelief that 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 uh that that one moment when I got the phone call uh, you know, it's, 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 um, it's something that I never thought I would ever get to be a part of. Did because... you know
0: you were even in the running?
1: No, no, not at all. You know, I found out that, um, later on through a phone, uh, a quick congratulations and, and a quick phone interview, um, that they, they had shown up, but they had shown up so-called, um, one and a half times. So they showed up in person the first time unannounced. And then the second time the donuts were picked up and brought to the offices for them to try. And then I, you know, I I never I actually never met them, but I you know, later on I get the email, I get the phone call, and and I'm I'm so I'm I'm on cloud nine, I'm I'm, I'm ready to do an Irish jig. I mean, I'm not even Irish. <laughs> I don't even know what a jig is, but I'm ready to do you know that much.
0: Well, with apologies to Sting and his song "Brand New Day," life has a cruel and bitter way of paying you back for all the faith you had in your brain. Just two weeks after making the Grub Street list you're working late preparing donuts you drive home you're getting out of your car and what happens
1: so 2 a.m. Tuesday June 5th uh you know the unbelievable uh the uh, you know it's just i i i you you live in a big city like this and the problem is you see crimes happen all the time and you and you think oh you know i'm i'm stronger i'm faster i'm smarter than I'm that guy I'm from here
0: I'm savvy never
1: going to happen you know and and you're you know and And me having trained in all you know these former you know um, with all these different um, schools of martial arts and having all these teachers you know stress you know being street smart and and fully fully aware no matter where you are and what time of the day it is, you know I I finally got caught you know my guard down getting out of a car got ambushed by two assailants, and. you know, uh, a non-millimeter, you know, um, went off shattering my face. You know, I... They it, just it, shot
0: you in the face? Well, you know... They were the trying to rob you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was standing outside, you know, of my car, getting out of the car, you know, um, you know, trying to make a, you know, break for it as soon as I found out what was happening. You know, it just... That, it's It's a weird phenomenon. You know, what happens is time actually slows down and it's the weirdest phenomenon you'll ever experience. This has only happened twice in my life. And, and what I mean is had there been a fly next to me as I'm trying to struggle to get out of my car and blow past these two assailants, I would have seen something like the flies beating on this, the, the, you know, the, the wings. wings beating on the fly. Everything slows down and, and you realize you have to make peace with the universe and you realize whatever happens, this is fate. Whatever happens, happens. This is out of your hands now because there's nothing you can do and you have to make peace really really quickly
0: at that point the gun goes off
1: yeah it, it came over my shoulder i saw it too last minute um you know uh it 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 goes off and all i see is red yeah, because that's it's just so much blood in my eyes and and at this point the opposite happens now the weird phenomenon is it's fight or flight and and biologically speaking the, my adrenaline is through the roof And now, you know, I I have to, you know, run or fight for, to survive. Are you
0: feeling anything, pain?
1: You know, the nerves are shot, you know, um, you know, like literally, you know, just nerve damage on, on, on impact. Um, You know, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. The the amount of adrenaline that's coursing through your veins, I could feel my heart palpitating, beating so hard. I thought it was just going to fly out of my, my jugular, but it's, it's, it's this phenomenon where... You have now the opposite effect, and you're 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 still in full control. But the the thing is now, I can't see, and I have no visual cl- clues or cues as to how am I going to deal with the situation. So I'm forced to run, and so I run across the street, and I and I, like I'm sliding into home plate. I dive underneath the front of someone's car, mm-hmm. and I ball up fetal ball position because I'm I'm worried I'm going to get shot a second time to finish me off, or I'm going to get run over. Because when you rob someone in Queens, you know, you've got to have a car. There's no train, you know. It, well, there is, but mm-hmm. it depends on where you are. But it's not like it's, it's right around the corner.
0: Yeah. Did they steal your car?
1: No. My blood was all over the, the car itself and I drive a white car. So, they, you know, anyone oh. would have seen it a mile away, you know. So, you know, the, the irony of the situation is they got nothing, literally, <sighs> you know, nothing. It was just, you know, all that, all that trauma for
0: nothing. It's 2 a.m. Yeah. Who got you to the hospital?
1: Um, you know, uh, my neighbor was, was someone who was alerted immediately. He saw the action unfolding. He thought my car was going to flip over because I had rocked myself back and forth to try to eject myself off my, my driver's side. You know, um, the bigger of the two assailants had his weight on the door and I had to fight him to get out of the car when the other guy was, you know, chasing me through the the passenger side. Uh, you know, um, he basically got, you know, crawled in, you know, and, and followed me through both seats to get to me. Um, and, and he saw this happening and he couldn't believe, you know, he, the, the struggle that I, that I put up, he literally thought the car was going to flip over mm. and he's looking at this on his security cameras. He's got multiple cameras and the driveway camera caught the whole thing from across the street. Gun goes off, you know, fast forward, you know, he calls the cops, you know, he's, he's the cop, cops come ambulance comes right away. EMTs are on me. Thank God it was a Tuesday, 2 a.m. It wasn't a Friday or Saturday where oh, there's sure. a lot more madness in the city.
0: Absolutely. And
1: so I was rushed to North Shore and I'm I'm really blessed that I was there. They had some of the best plastic surgeons for all this. Yeah.
0: It didn't hit your brain or or your eye. You can still see.
1: I had three teams of doctors looking at me that, you know, the whole time that I was, you know, in in um lying there and you know, they scanned me to make sure, and they kept checking the pressure in my eye. And, and and this is one of the more unnerving moments of my life. That you're you're in limbo, and what I mean is, there's nothing worse than looking at doctors' faces to get reactions in terms of how bad things have, you know, have have, uh, have progressed, or you know, what what is your current state right now. And and for a long time, I I could not. And I did not want to look at myself in, in, in a TV's reflection, in someone's glasses. I didn't want to use a, a laptop. I didn't want to get on a phone for for the fear, the sole fear that I was going to be able to see myself at a moment, you know, in a critical, uh, you know, junction in my life where I might not be able to process it. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to psychologically absorb what had happened to me if I, you know, if I could... if I I landed on a reflection of mine at the time and I decided I didn't want to see myself until I was going to finally get out of there. And then I didn't recognize myself. Only because full grown-up beard, you know, and it was was a really, really tough time because, you know, I, I knew the extent of the damage. I just, I didn't want to actually physically see it. You know, in my head, I could picture it. I just did not want to deal with that at the time.
0: I can tell you right now, They did an incredible job. There's everything is symmetrical. You look amazing. Uh, I I can only imagine, though, that when you're finally out of the hospital and you're sitting in the darkness of your home thinking, I would imagine, why me? Uh, Just horrible. Did you just never want to get back out there again? How dark did your life get?
1: No, um, it's you know, it's it's funny. It was actually the exact opposite. I actually wanted to get back to work right away. I wanted to go back to being the face of Black Label, and at the time, I knew it was going to be. You know, I was going to have to take hiatus for quite some time. I, I I was so used to doing everything, and and even when I did get a little help, um, when you know I started getting busier and had to pick up the volume, I I, I prided myself on in, in terms of being able to kind of narrate the story behind you know Black Label and. Be able to recommend things that people have never had you know so it was kind of like being proud to to be at the front of the queue and and to be able to to kind of be the tour guide to black label for you know all the people that were wanting to try these things for the first time
0: your customers missed you
1: yeah uh craziest thing happened as soon as i was able to finally reboot Record sell-out. I made extra for a bay, you know, the base, annual Bayside uh, stroll. It, it's basically their street fair mm-hmm. where they close off uh, Bell Boulevard for a couple of streets. And I, I could not believe the, the extreme uh, outpouring of support, solidarity. Everyone came out to check on me, even though the donuts were long gone. They still came up to shake my hand, to hug me, to wish me well, and to see my progress and see what's, what, what else is going on.
0: How did that? Make your heart feel.
1: You know how could it not tug at my heartstrings? You know it, it just—it's so overwhelming. Overwhelming to see all these people come out with their kids, and it, you know it's disappointing when things are sold out. But it, you know at least it's nice to be able to reconnect and show people, hey, I'm I'm back.
0: Well, how many for an event like that did you make? How many donuts?
1: I would say, you know, when I, you know, again, this is not close to what, what I'm making nowadays, but I would say around at least 500, I'm sorry, 400, 450, you know, for Are you working events. out of
0: a, an industrial kitchen that you rent?
1: I borrow kitchens. And so, you know, wherever I can, you know, find the time and have someone, you know, allow me in their space when they're not using it, I try to pop up in those spaces. And, and you know, otherwise, if there's a recurrent space that I get my hands on, I try to stay there as long as I can.
0: There's a lot of cultural history behind your donut flavors. You've shared some regarding the tahini and the matcha, et cetera. But I need to know if you could describe the process for how you brainstorm new flavors. Where do you get your inspirations?
1: Um, so it's funny. Um, I've been asked uh, a bunch of times, you know, because it's such an interesting approach to try to use fine dining, uh, the, the, the skill set. But also the you know the the mind set to be able to pull something like this off you know and and it's 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 easy to just put sprinkles on something or breakfast cereal on something but that's not my 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 thing it's not my shtick it's not my niche I I wanted to be able to come off as a more sophisticated brand you know hence the black boxes and something that's more classic looking um, I think that uh, you know donuts have been. they've they've, uh, accrued such a stigma. Um,
0: Well, you know, know. unhealthy, just dough, fat in your stomach, horrible for your heart. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I, I wanted, you know, I wanted to kind of bring, you know, a better shining example to something, you know, a classic piece of Americana, you know, And, and these things never go out of style. You know, when you think of Americana, you're always thinking of what, you know, your hot dogs, your hamburgers, your pizza, your donuts, you know, For good and for bad, you know. You know this is you know Americana for you know the most part.
0: Um, I saw a picture of one that had a sprig of rosemary delicately poking out from the center. What is that?
1: So I I brought today for you to try uh, (gasps) and your crew to try the rosemary, fresh rosemary, sugared um, lemon, olive oil curd donuts. So
0: I love lemon bars. I love rosemary. And olive oil, but altogether, I can't wait yeah, to try it. This.
1: It's 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 a pretty um, cool combination. Only because it's this is what I call my oxymoronic donut. It's <laughs> it's the it's the so-called light and refreshing donut, and and you don't really hear that with donuts ever. You know, right. I mean that's just absurd. Almost,
0: you've used flower petals. There's an yeah. orange blossom water, orange zest, sugar, anise, and fennel seed donut. These are these are stunt donuts.
1: I you know uh, that was modeled after something called gipassier which is you know a provencal treat uh it's nothing more than you know an orange uh and anise aniseed flavored or um you know uh, sweet bread or sweet roll mm-hmm. um and I wanted to kind of make it my style so it's it's basically the so-called not so simple orange sugar donut because it's orange <laughs> three ways orange zest um it's, you know, orange essence in the brioche. It's orange, uh, dried orange sugar, and then orange blossom water. So there's a lot going on.
0: We, as we're doing this podcast, are heading toward Thanksgiving. Is there a Thanksgiving flavor you're going to bust out um, that you can reveal?
1: You know, I, I've i been playing, and I've been sourcing, playing with uh, pears, you know, since, you know, we've got, you know, we come to the uh, apple and pear season right now, mm-hmm. so you know, I've, I've got my fall specialties, like a five-spice pumpkin custard, which is a lot of pumpkin. Um, and I, I love using, you know, warm uh, fall spices on these items. You know, even mulling spices, you know, I think, uh, and chai, obviously. But, um, yeah, I would like to play with something that's maybe with, you know, more along the lines of brandy. You know, getting back to maybe some more uh, spirits.
0: What flavor did you try that was a total failure? Hashtag failure.
1: Hmm. I'm not so sure that I have anything that was ever on a menu that Mm -hmm. bombed. I have experimented with things that were more savory for New Year's. We did some so-called black tie, you know, black label donuts, you know, for just for New Year's Eve. So I did a salted caramel um, and salted in quotations because I actually used caviar and then it was filled with a creme fraiche mousse. And then the salted component was... The caviar with the nice, heavily vanilla sea mm-hmm. salted caramel, and that that sold really well. I don't, I don't try to to make things that that are you know that impress me and, and no one else likes. I you know, chefs have this um, dilemma. We always have to find things that we're happy to put out because we can be proud of these things, but they have to sell. So yeah. I think for most restaurateurs and most chefs, it's that dilemma.
0: Are you pursuing an actual brick-and-mortar location to call home a storefront, employees, where you won't be running out, that you can continually make these Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday? Because right now you're one day a week in these these shadowy pop-up areas. It's like rave donuts whispering. I mean, I had to find you on on somebody else's Instagram account.
1: I, I really, really hope to find something eventually. Um, I, I am doing a lot of research right now, a lot of groundwork, trying to see what makes sense. And there's part of me that wants to stay in Queens because it's the you know the the community that helped uh, support me, that built me up initially. So you know it'd be kind of almost um, a tragedy if if I opened outside of Queens first. So there's a part of me that feels loyal, and I, I feel like I need to stay in Queens for the time being. But you know again, it's all up in the air. I'm still you know shopping around and. Hopefully I'll I'll find something where people can grab these all the time.
0: The perpetrators who shot you yes. have not yet been caught.
1: I don't know of any more leads or I have I haven't gotten any more updates from 105 the Queens Village precinct right now.
0: How does one get over the initial anger and frustration about something like that?
1: You don't, you know, to be honest, you know, um you know, now I understand, you know, what soldiers are faced with when they come home from war, you know, because I, I suffered from a little bit of PTSD myself, you know, you, you know, you, it's, it's hard to get over that kind of trauma, you know, you, you, uh, you're in a situation where the, the, you know, the mind is a great thing, but also the mind is a terrible thing because the mind wants to do what it wants to do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and during those inopportune times when you're sleeping, you know, and you know, you try to repress these, you know, feelings of revenge and frustration and anger and whatnot. You know, eventually you realize life goes on and, and, and if you're lucky and there's such a thing as karma, you know, let's hope for let's all hope for karma.
0: I believe that. I yeah. believe that. How many surgeries have you undergone? Three. That's expensive. You have a GoFundMe page, correct?
1: That's right. What I, is that? I, I, I am um you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, um, getting more work done. So, you know, eventually I can finally close this chapter and, and to look more, you know, uh, like my former self, you know, again, you know, I, you know, there are times when I, you know, I'm, I'm told, you know, I don't need to hide behind this, you know, piece of skin tape, you know, which is the same color as as my skin that I'm kind of hiding under right now. But, um, you know, I'm a work in progress, just like black label, you know, um, this is going to take some time. Um, so it's it's tough, it's tough to say when, because uh, mm-hmm. I just go back follow-ups with North Shore and they'll let me know.
0: What would you say to our listeners about staying the course and pursuing your passion no matter what life throws in your path?
1: I think I'm, I'm blessed and I'm really lucky that I found something that I'm really, really excited to get up in the morning for. And I think a lot of people go through life and, you know, you... You know, they always say, you know, as cliche as it sounds, don't have any regrets. And and, and believe it or not, even even this was something that I, I, I really, really took my time with. 2012, you know, I, I could probably lay claim that this was like kind of like the time when this idea popped into my head for Black Label. And I looked at the logo that I created and, and it was funny because it looked more like a subway token. And then i cleaned it up and i cleaned it up and i'm like okay now it starts looking more like a donut and and (laughs) and and now we have what what everyone knows is the logo for black label you know it's it's something that's more streamlined and more elegant um again you know the whole thing's um a labor of love you know and 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 the problem with you know when you do a startup no matter it's if it's food or anything else you know um that you try to start up on your own you know, you, you it's it's always going to be a beta,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, until you've actually announced that it's officially finalized and, and everyone has access to it. So I would hope that there's going to be a lot more ideas that I get to share with people in terms of yeah. wanting to kind of bring bring almost a Michelin star quality to a cafe and bakery so it becomes Ooh. an experience for people. And I want to be able to blend the barista and the mixologist position into one. And again, I, I really, really want to elevate what people perceive as what you could expect from a cafe or bakery, but done fine dining style. All
0: right. I am now opening the box. It looks like a present that has been wrapped in a beautiful black box and these donuts. May I ask, because I know my listeners are wondering, how much do you charge per donut?
1: Um, you know, they range, uh, you know, uh, accordingly. Uh, you know, if they're glazed, they might be four. Uh, if they're Filled normally five if they're extra fancies and specials. Sometimes they're bigger oh or more luxe ingredients. Six. So I
0: want to describe to our listeners before yes. we go, because I'm going to take a bite. Sure. It is dusted with the finest pale sugar. I can see a tiny bit of lemon curd, I guess.
1: Yeah, the lemon olive oil curd. On the inside
0: yeah. and coming out of it almost like a delicate finger is a sprig of rosemary. Okay, I'm taking a bite right now.
1: Get in there. Don't be shy. Mm. I always joke about, you know, how... Oh, black my these God. Are, but you'll never know until you actually have one. It's the dough. It's always about the dough. I wanted to make it oh, the first my thing God. that people observe. Donuts
0: are usually too sweet.
1: Yeah, that is the that is inside the
0: is sweet, but it's balanced with the... What the heck do I know? I'm the wor- I can't even make reservations for dinner, let alone make dinner. This is amazing... I am going to schlepp from New Jersey to Queens. The next pop-up you have, Richard Eng, we wish you the best of luck with Black Label Donuts. Thank you very much, Liz. What a story, you guys, right? What a sweet, important story. I wanted you to hear the minute I found out about it because look what he went through. First, the desire and the dream. Pushing back on his mom, whose mother doesn't want them to be a doctor. Okay, my dad was a surgeon. He kind of wished I was, but mm, sorry, you got a newscaster, dad. And then you pursue this passion, and then this horrible near tragedy befalls you, and he comes fighting back. We support you, and we love your story, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. Richard Ang of Black Label Donuts. Follow, follow, follow. Hey, we've got sweet news every day for you, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox Business for the Claim and Countdown. I hope you appreciate this. Please spread the word, just like Richard Ang's donut fans spread the word. Tell people to listen to Everyone Talks to Liz. It will change their life. I'd like to believe that. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.